Welcome Redeemed Church Online. My name is Liz. Super pumped to be back teaching this week. I am going to be giving the Thanksgiving message. Um, I'm at the new building. I'm actually downstairs in the youth room. Got so many cool backdrops down here. Uh, super excited for our youth minister, Diego, to be uh, establishing the youth down here in this room. There's going to be games. There's going to be a place to worship. There's going to be a place to... It's super cozy down here, actually. And so... Um, Youth, come on down and check it out. In fact, come on down every Sunday for the rest of the year. Anybody at Redeemed Church, anybody who wants to get their hands dirty because we are fixing it up. We're getting it ready for us to resume back um, on Sundays, hopefully after the new year. We've got a lot of work to do, um, but we've got a fellowship hall that is ready to rock pretty soon here. We've got the youth room that can meet. Um, our offices are getting set up. It's just a really great time and there's just so much for you to do. So come on down, paint. Um, and also, it's an amazing opportunity to to get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ at Redeemed Church. This is kind of how um, discipleship works, right? Um, in fact, I just got done um, taking a discipleship course at Liberty University Online. I am going for my master's in divinity. And um, at, the, at this rate, I might finish 2030, but I am working towards it. And going through that course really opened my eyes about what discipleship is, spiritual maturity is. It happens in relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You grow in your relationship with the Lord. You grow in relationship with each other. And as you see each other walk um, out their faith in Christ, you can begin to go out into the world. And so that's what discipleship is all about. Um, in fact, we just finished up the Rooted series and Rooted is a part of Redeemed Church's discipleship process. You might, you know, as a new person or a new believer in Christ, you might start out going to the Alpha series, which we had before COVID. And we are going to, again, be reintroducing that series in the spring. Um, Alpha is when you come if you have questions about God and creation and about Jesus and who he is. Um, that's an amazing, amazing series of study. And then you might go into the Rooted series, which is what we just finished up. You, you join a life group and you go through what it's like to um, be a follower of Christ on a daily basis, what, that, what your life looks like um, when you're a follower of Christ. So um, anyway, on that note, uh, Pastor Kurt and I and, and, and the elders and the advisor team, we're going to be kind of going through a discipleship track for Redeem. And so you can start out in Alpha, you can go to Rooted, um, but most importantly, it's getting in that life group. And doing life together. So all that to say, come down on Sundays and be a part of the work crew life group. Um, all right. So like I said, uh, I'm here to preach the Thanksgiving message. The time to give thanks to the Lord is back. And so is 90s passion. I don't mind wearing a cross colors type sweater. won't be doing the high bangs, but I am loving seeing all of the young kids walk around with their sweater V-neck, uh, vests and uh, Doc Martens and all the things. And so um, I'm sure all the 40 year olds are loving it too. Um, okay, so um, this week, our, um, in preparing for this message, the Lord really guided me, brought to mind right away, um, Joshua chapters three and four. So we're gonna be going over that today. Um, it, it's really relevant in my life um, because I had just gone through the discipleship course. And again, that's, that's a journey you take in spiritual maturity. And um, in chapters three and four, we're talking about the nation of Israel as they cross over the Jordan River. And as they spent 40 years in the wilderness before courses and discipleship programs and all of that, that was the way God discipled his people. It's, it's, it's the nation of Israel looking at their journey. And so um, if you are a note taker, uh, please get out your phone and your Bible. It's really important to take notes, especially um, as we get into this point that I have coming up. 
um, it's a way to remember what God is teaching you. So get out your notes. We're going to be going through um, uh, Joshua's chapter 3 and 4. I'm going to give you a little context for Joshua 3, and then we're really going to be focusing on um, uh, chapter 4. So uh, three points right off the bat, I'm just going to give them to you, um, is we're going to learn the importance of stopping, uh, reflecting, and memorializing. And um, since I've given you the three titles, or the, sorry, the three points, the title of this message is also called Set Apart to Give Thanks. Set Apart to Give Thanks. Um, I know you all already probably understand the giving thanks part. That's what we do this time of year. We, we think, back of, think back of what we're grateful for, what we have. But God shows us in Joshua chapter 3 and 4, there's more to this process of giving thanks. So um, a little context for um, Joshua chapter 3. Um, I'll start with Joshua 1 verses 1 and 2. It says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Okay, so we've just learned here that the leader of the nation of Israel, Moses, has died. And now Joshua, he is the general in charge. It's finally time after 40 years in the wilderness for the Israelites to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. So they break their camp and they're heading toward the river. And when they get to the Jordan River, it's at flood stage. And commentaries will say that um, at flood stage, it's about 10 to 12 feet deep, upwards of a half a mile to a mile wide. And then the, the brush alongside the river is like, they're like thickets. And so it's basically uncrossable and they are not quite sure what to do. There are literally hundreds of thousands of people. And remember, there are uh, mothers with new babies, there's young children, and there are the elderly. And so um, this is not a small feat. And so um, Joshua stops, they stop, and he is, he's waiting on the Lord. And the Lord speaks to, to Joshua and he tells them in chapter three very clearly, I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant carried by the Levitical priests and they are going to walk out into the River Jordan and then the people are going to follow behind. Okay, so that's a big deal. The, the river is raging. So even for the Levitical priests to, to, to obey the word of the Lord, they've got to have a great amount of faith and trust in God. Okay, also the Lord tells Joshua to tell the people that they must consecrate themselves for the wonders that the Lord is going to do the following day. So a we're going to stop here just for a sec. Um, consecrate is one of those spiritual words in the Bible that people don't always know what it means, but it, it is an amazing, amazing word. And in Hebrew, it means to set apart. Um, it means to prepare. It means to dedicate, to be hallowed, to be holy. And, and so it is this process that you choose to do. And the way that you do this um, is to stop and ask for forgiveness of sin. Uh, fasting is a way to consecrate yourself. You are setting your, yourself apart from the ways of this world. And so for them that looked, there was a certain way that they had to do that. They had to um, avoid certain things, uh, very ritualistic type things. But for us, God still asks us to consecrate ourselves. So Joshua tells the people were to consecrate themselves before um, they get ready. And it's also for spiritual readiness. They needed to do this uh, physically. There were some physical components too, but they had to do it for spiritual readiness because remember, they had to step foot in 
the river too with their families. And they had to trust that the Lord was going to do wonders, not quite knowing how they were going to cross, but they had to do this. And that is how you spiritually prepare yourself, especially when you get to a point in your life where you might be metaphorically crossing the Jordan River. Okay, so now um, it is time for them to cross. The Levitical priests are in the water and miraculously God holds back the waters and the Israelites cross. I highly encourage you to read chapters three and do a study on your own, um, chapters three and four and do a study on your own because what you can glean from these chapters is amazing, especially what God did to actually hold back the water, right? Okay, so now we're at Joshua 4, and um, you might be wondering, why does she have all of these rocks here? Okay, well, um, I'm, that's going to become evident like right now. Um, Joshua 1 through 4 says in chapter 4, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. All right, so why do you think God told Joshua to take 12 stones from the Jordan River? Well, the number of stones reflects the number of tribes that the nation of Israel was divided into. You might recognize the names Benjamin, Reuben, Judah. And remember, Jesus came from the line of David, and it's from the line of Judah. In fact, in Revelation, Jesus is called the Lion of Judah. Um, but the reason God wanted Joshua and the leaders to take the 12 stones from the river was to memorialize what God had just, just done there. Verses 6 through 7 says, When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. When you read this chapter, you really get the sense of just how important it is to stop and remember and memorialize the works of the Lord. Because it's repeated again in, in the, at the end of the chapter. It says in verse 19, The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal at the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. What God did for the nation of Israel was miraculous. God defied nature yet again. So what has God done in your life? This is obviously the time of year we, when you can be thinking about all that God has done. With Redeemed Church, okay, here we go, guys. If you don't know, Redeemed Church started out as Life Center, and they went to Life Center South, and they met at Clover Park High School. After a while, they started Redeemed Church, where they met at Mount Tahoma High School. We went through our highs, and lows, and then COVID hit. And that, of course, you guys know, you can no longer meet in the schools. So we began to meet on Saturday nights at Olympic View Baptist Church with the hopes of one day owning our own building because God told many people in our community that a building was going to happen. We just had to wait on God's timing and, has, and, and his provision. Saturday nights have definitely been challenging for some to attend on top of COVID. Um, we looked at several buildings and... Um, 
fell through. And then within a 24 hour period, this building became for sale in Lakewood. It, it hit, on, hit our radar. And now of course I'm standing in our new building, the People's Plaza in between uh, are on Gravelly and Bridgeport, um, one of the busiest intersections in Lakewood. And so there is so much work to be done. Um, God is in control of it all, uh, providing so many miracles have come um, already, um, but we're just grateful to be here. And so these 12 stones, we wanted to stop, as our first point, reflect on what God has done. And our elders and our advisory team got together. They usually, they meet pretty regularly, but in this last meeting, they decided to come together and, and think back at what, what God has done this last year um, at Redeemed Church. So um, here, I'd like to just read some of these because it's pretty amazing stuff. And you're gonna notice that what God really worked on um, were heart issues. He, um, he gave us obviously this new building um, but he taught us to be resilient. Uh, we are growing in patience. We are growing in faithfulness. Um, we've had to go through pain and long suffering. And we believe that we believe that, that was the way God built our character. We have become a church um, known for its authenticity. We are growing in unity and not just togetherness um, and doing life together, but really unity of vision. And um, that started out initially um, at the beginning of the year with a transformation team where a group of people got together at the beginning of the year and decided, what are we about? Um, how are we gonna build this thing? What, what are our plans? And, um, and that was about 13 weeks. And so at the end of that, we really felt um, we had clear direction. And one of those things that God built at Redeemed Church this past year is becoming a house of prayer. Our prayer team, um, is committed and we meet before before service and on, on midday and and then of course you guys have all become prayer warriors just praying for us in your own homes and stuff but we've become a, a house of prayer and we know that we can't do anything unless it's founded through prayer we have also been taught and believe and we are founded that jesus is the cornerstone of our church we are spirit-led we go where he goes we say what he says um, and we uh, we worship him and him alone um, one other thing that that God has done with us this year is brought new people in our, into our community. We're able to grow with them. Um, we have also grown in deeper relationship with those who are already there. And, um, and so that has given us one of the things we are most proud of. I'm not sure which rock it is on here, but our church is known for its family feel. When you come to Redeem, um, you will feel like you're a part of a family. And um, if you're new, we treat you like family and you will become part of our family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, um, you guys, life moves fast, just like the Jordan River. Life often forces us to cross things we don't want to cross or simply can't cross on our own. And much of what we have to cross in life is difficult because where we are in our hearts and in, in our minds. Like I said, most of these stones represent things that God has done in our hearts. And so, um, God, when he works on you, works on us, he is, he starts with heart. We start with the heart. Um, the Israelites finally got to cross the Jordan river into the promised land after God worked on their hearts for 40 years, they struggled with idolatry, pride and disobedience. And it's no different today. Um, he asks us to consecrate ourselves and to, um, repent of sin and to stop and just reflect. Um, there are seasons of our life, and this is perfect time of year to do that, where he really, truly, before we can move on, he wants us to stop and memorialize what he is doing, what he has done in our lives. And so um, instead of just giving thanks this um, holiday, 
go one step further. Get with your family, get with your people that you love and um, reflect together what he has done, how he's changed your heart, how he's changed the, the vision and the mission of your family. And, um, and I know probably to do this, you may also need to spend um, some quiet time with the Lord and just ask him, God, what have you done in my heart this past year? And in terms of memorializing, um, that's why I mentioned taking notes is so important. If you don't do that throughout the, the, throughout the year, maybe sit down and just jot it all down, like what God has done. If you are a note taker, go back through and look at all of your notes and you can see in, in just the way that you are writing and, what you, and, and how you're expressing yourself, how God is working on your heart. And if you do like the stones idea, it's obviously a super easy thing to do. I've just wrapped them with paper and you can use this, in, put this in your home and it becomes like a, um, a, a conversation piece because what did God want them to make the memorial for? It's for when the children come and see, what are these stones? And you can say, this is what the Lord has done in this place. So um, the Thanksgiving season is upon us and I am asking, and I believe the Lord is is saying, stop, get with your people, reflect, um, consecrate yourselves, go into a period of fasting for a little while and just ask the Lord what he has done in your heart and in your mind, and then somehow memorialize the handiwork of God in your life. I'll leave you with this. It's Psalm 9, 1 through 3. I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. So I I pray all of you have an amazing Thanksgiving weekend, um, Thanksgiving holiday with your loved ones. Um, Remember that God will always set his people apart so that we can stop and give thanks and glorify him and praise him. So let me go ahead and pray for you all. Father God, we thank you so much for what you have done in our lives this last year. Thank you, God, for being um, our, thank you that you go before us. Thank you that you gave the Ark of the Covenant, which is also called the Ark of the Testimony. You told them, you told that Ark to go before and that the people could look out at the Ark so that they could see where you were going. And so I pray, God, that you, um, I thank you, God, that you give us direction. And I ask you, Lord, to give our church direction. I know, Lord, you are going before us. And um, I just um, am so thankful for that, God. And I pray, Lord, that you, I thank you, God, that you have built so much in our hearts this this year. Thank you for the patience and I, um, and thank you for the resilience that we have learned. And thank you for the faithfulness that you have called us to. Thankful for your faithfulness. And Father God, I just ask that you bless the families and you bless our community. And Um, You give them strength and you give them new vision for what's to come. I know it's not the end of the year, God. And I know typically we make resolutions at the end of the year, but you're asking us now to stop and reflect of what you've done. And then as we cross, as we get get safe to the other side of the Jordan, then you give us new vision and new direction and you always go before us. So thank you, God, and we love you so much. Amen.